Heroes of Welcome to episode 295 of Heroes of Handheld, the Incense Premium Handheld Gaming Podcast, at least for five more weeks, then uh, we'll probably never do it again. So this week, uh, my name is Chris, and it is my pleasure to be podcasting with you today, Colin Byrne. Hi, Chris. Hey, dude. How are you doing? Well, I guess my name today, because when we do these recordings... Uh, these podcast episodes, Chris has the ability, because Chris sets up the call, he's got a cool little uh, way of doing it, and he sets up the caller ID name, so he calls me something different every time, and today my name is Coolonic, 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 yeah, or Coolio Inc, Coolio Inc, no, yeah, Coolio Inc, Coolio Inc, um... with capitals and loads of O's, so yeah, hi, how how are you doing, how's, how's things? Yeah, man. Uh, astute listeners will have will have noticed that Colin's on a mobile this week, so sorry if that hurts people's ears, but we think we've done everything we can with sound levels and it should be fine. I'm all right. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty good. Um, what have I been... Have I been playing anything? I've been playing loads of Fortnite, obviously. Um, yeah. And I've almost... I, th- I think I've probably almost finished Hotline Miami uh, too. I've been playing a lot of that as well, which is like... Which, mm-hmm, I think, to me, has... I, now, I like it. I like it a lot. But I think it's done that thing that I don't like that sequels do where they've overcomplicated something that was pretty joyous before. Um, because, like... Did you ever play Left 4 Dead? Uh, I played bits of it, yeah. So, the first Left 4 Dead was, like... This amazing, uh, like, arcade shooter co-op survival thing. And there were, like, five weapons. There were, like, two grenade types. And that was it. And then when the second one came along, they really, like, just kind of exploded and put in loads and loads of new stuff and loads of new things you could do and loads of new weapon types and loads of, like, new melee things and, like, all these random shit, which was really good. But to me, it, like, took what was simple and joyous and made something, like, too complicated. And to for me, that's kind of how I feel about Hotline Miami 2, where the first one is, like, you play as Jacket, you pick your mask, and then you go to town and you just try and get a good score. And then the second one, it's, like, you play as about three or four or five different characters some characters can't use masks some characters can use masks some characters can't kill some characters can only roll some characters can only punch um and then like the i don't know it i like like i am enjoying it and i like the story um but it's just like for me it's kind of over complicating it because like there was a level i was doing last night and it took me 45 minutes to finish all the sections of it and to me like that's not what I enjoy about Hotline Miami. Like, I don't really... I like to be challenged, but I don't want to be challenged for 45 minutes. Like, that's too long. Um, mm. But, it is, you know, it's a cool game, and, like, I like the way that it kind of ties in the plot and stuff to the uh, to the first one. Um, what have you been playing? 
Just to go on Hotline Mammy 2, oh, yeah. um, did you... Is this your first time playing it? I, I can't actually remember. Yeah, I did. I owned it on something else, but I don't think I finished it. Maybe I. I think I bought it on Vita, but I don't think I finished it on Vita or something. Yeah, yeah. I um, I played it back on the days of the Vita, and I, I do agree. The, the plot did come a bit convoluted. And it just felt like they were making it too complicated, and I I do vaguely remember by the end of it, I just I had pretty much no idea what had actually happened and what they were what point they were trying to prove i mean the first game was quite you didn't really get any backstory whatsoever really it was just mm. as you say the one character and then there's a weird ending i think if you completed the game in such a way you got a slightly different ending where these two characters give you different dialogue which explains the plot or something like that and then they carried that on in the second one or something but yeah i do remember it being very confusing but i didn't feel it took away in a way it made the gameplay a bit more expansive because am i remembering this right you could choose what character to play as in certain levels in different masks gave some, you different abilities not to the extent that you can in the first one so in the first one as you go through the game you unlock more and more masks that have that that do bring sorts of weird challenges whereas in this one so far for me anyway um it gives you a character and then that character tends to have a certain ability you have to abide by. Um, there are there have been a couple of times where you can pick from a mask range, but masks basically aren't. It's not the same currency that they were in the first one. Because in the first one, like the mask you pick, kind of defines your playstyle for the whole level. Whereas in this one, it tends to be the character that you've been given defines your playstyle for the whole level. But you know, I'm sure that. Maybe if you do it on like New Game Plus or maybe later on you might be able to have a bit more customization. But I don't know, for me it's like, yeah, I do I do get it. Like I, I understand why they didn't just do the same thing again. And I think that's, you know, totally fair enough as, you know, as an art form and things. But it's just, it's difficult for me because I love that first one so much. Like I love that frantic gameplay style so much. Whereas this one, it's like, I don't know if I'm getting the satisfaction that the first one gave me. Yeah. I don't know if this is a spoiler. Probably not, actually, because it's very, um, not really giving much away. But I think there was a level, I remember a level in the second one where, don't you play as someone in the army or? Yes. Like uh, some, yeah, yeah. Like a soldier or, yeah. That that bit, I, that bit really lost me, I think. There, that was a bit of an odd bit from what I because so long since I played this it must be four three four years or yeah three four years ago I remember that bit being a bit weird um but the art the, I mean what was nice about it as well they they tried to make mix it up a bit with the environments and the art yeah, styles true. as well in different locations which look really cool I remember there being one level this could have been the first one so correct me if I'm wrong there's one level where you were by the, the coast I think and they had like this cool effect with the ocean behind you in the background yeah, there's, like a, a there's a level. Wave. Yeah, there's a level where you go on a pier in the second one. Maybe that's what yeah, I was thinking of. Pretty, yeah. yeah, I remember that being cool. Uh, I mean, the gameplay elements were still pretty good. But yeah, I do agree. The story just got a bit ridiculous, to be honest. And yeah, it didn't need to be like that. I, I mean, I like what they're going for, and I like the aesthetic with all the like the tapes and stuff, and the way it feels like a movie. Uh, I guess I could just use with things being a bit more linked up. But um, anyway, what what have you been playing? What are, What's going on for you? 
bit of it lacks in the old gaming department this week. I mean, the main things I've been playing are the old favourites from the world of Niantic with Pokemon Go and Wizards Unite, because both of them had um, events of sorts over the weekend. Um, before I get into those, but um, I still haven't finished I've, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the campaign. I do need to uh, finish that campaign, because the campaign's good. Um, it looks amazing, and it's asking some interesting questions about conflict in faraway countries where you know western militaries get involved um interesting questions there uh but i i'm thinking i'm trying to think because i you know i played fallen order um a star wars game a couple of months ago i was thinking i really want to get back into playing the story driven game again um a proper like explore ex- exploration game and i was thinking like Games that I've got in my Xbox One library that I still haven't completed. And the main one I think was Dishonored 2. I never finished Dishonored 2. So I may need to go back and uh, give that a go. Because that's a great game. I didn't finish Mass Effect Andromeda either. Maybe I'll go back to that or maybe not bother. Um, So they are the main console things. But in terms of the games I have been playing with Pokemon Go and... Wizards Unite, it was the um, community day on Saturday for Wizards Unite, which I played quite a lot of. It was uh, focused around the dark arts, so there was a lot of um, different things in that registry page um, this morning. So we had the portrait of Bellatrix the Strange, uh, Swooping Evils, uh, Nocturne, Alley Signs, and the um, the Ministry of Magic Executioner um, were all spawning a lot more. Um, swooping evils, I, I think I mentioned this last week. For those of you who play Wizard Unite, you'll know that the swooping evil is notoriously difficult to find. It's very, very, very rare. Um, and even in this brilliant event, um, the community day, sorry, where they were supposed to appear more, I only saw three the whole day, which is really annoying because you need five to um, prestige the page. And I've only got four and I needed five. And that's really frustrating because I probably won't see another swooping evil for a long time. So that's irritating. But that was cool. Um, there's other little things as well. There was um, reduced brewing time for Trace for Tonic. Um, tonic for Trace detection, which was good. So I played a lot of that. And also Pokemon Go's got the... I don't know if we spoke about this last week. It might have happened just after we spoke. The um, Team Rocket balloons have now appeared in Pokemon Go. Oh my god. I love the Team Rocket takeover events so much. It is cool. The only issue I would say is that this it seems like a feature that should have been added a couple of months ago. It seems a bit late into late in the day to well, have it, included them. It's to do with GoFest, isn't it? It is, but this also seems like a way that people could have battled um, the Team Rocket grunts and the team leaders of um, Team Rocket while, without having to leave their home, because usually you have to go to a poker stop battle a grunt or one of the um, gym leaders or um, giovanni or whatever and it feels like this feature could have been added a couple of months ago but yeah you're right it seems like it is tied into the event but it also could have been something they added earlier yeah i i've been Um, i i enjoy it because um for me like defeating team rocket grunts is probably one of my favorite things in pokemon go because it's like it's challenging without becoming like a massive drain on your resources. And it's kind of gives you an excuse to use some of the Pokemon in your collection that you wouldn't necessarily use in battling like other people as well. Um, but like the aesthetic of like 
Team um, Rocket like taking over Pokemon Go, every time they do those posters overseas and in here in the UK as well, where it's like, we encourage all Pokemon Go players to get outside and enjoy uh, taking some fresh air with your friends. And then it's like censored. So it says like, Team Rocket, love taking time or whatever it is. Um, I, I love suck. those. Yeah, I, I think yeah. those things are really cool. And like, I think there's such a good um, balance of you can just battle grunts and it's easy and you get shallow Pokemon or you can actually take on Giovanni, who's like floating around in a fucking hot air balloon. And like Jesse funny. and James I, as well. Yeah. Yes, um, there's one point I was going to make about the... Oh, that was it. You say that it doesn't take up much. I would argue it does take up a lot of resources because when you battle the Team Rocket grunts or you know, any of the leads or whatever, um, your Pokemon will, if they faint during the battle, they are, they're fainting and you have to revive them using uh, you know Max Revives or Revives and Potions and stuff. Whereas if you're battling in the Pokemon Go Battle League, that doesn't happen where you don't need to use resources. So sure. I've got a, a lot of Pokemon that are faint at the moment because I haven't got any revives. To so here's, to buy them. here's why I enjoy the Team Rocket fights is because because of that factor, it gives you an excuse to use Pokemon you wouldn't normally use in raids. Because it's like, yeah. if it's, you know, I could go in with like a powerful Mewtwo and one-shot everything. But then, like you say, my like Mewtwo is going to be low on health and like, you know, resources can be a bit tight. But chuck in like, I don't know, your 1500 CP Golduck or something. And it's like, well, I don't really care if this is fainted for a long period of time. Because like, it, yeah. I don't know, it just gives you an excuse to use different things. And yeah, I, I think yeah. it is so, like, I do think it is too, it can be too resource heavy. Like the reward, because there's some kind of research associated with Battling Team Rocket at the moment. And the rewards are like five max potions but the trade-off is you have to beat like you know the the leaders 10 times and it's like well that's not a yeah. worthy trade-off um mm. but it's cool if you like shadow you know collecting shadow pokemon and stuff like that and like yeah it just spices things up a bit i think anything in pokemon go where it feels like everyone is doing the same stuff is really cool to me and that's why i really like these team rocket events because it feels like everyone who's playing is fighting team rocket together and technically, it works really well as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool gameplay element to have. I mean, I um, I st- you remember the research task when when Team Rocket first appeared in Pokemon Go, which must be last year now, middle of last year maybe, towards the end of last year. Um, there was research tasks for it, and I still haven't actually completed those. I, I'm on the one you know you have to beat all the team leaders once. Oh yeah, I still haven't finished that. I've only um, beaten one of them, and it's a mixture of reasons. Firstly, because I don't seek them out. And secondly, because every time I battle a bloody gym leader, they bloody destroy me because I'm just so unknowledgeable when it comes to what Pokemon to put in battle. Um, So it's it's quite ironic. When I was out yesterday and I saw a Team Rocket balloon, I clicked on it, and it was only motherfucking Giovanni in the fucking balloon. (laughs) And I was like, oh shit, here we go. So I tried battling him. And you know, I got rid of his Persian quite quite quickly. That wasn't yep. too bad. I was like, oh yeah, this ain't too bad. This is this is piss easy. And then he whipped out a Diglett or no, a Dictrio. Is it called yep. Dictrio? I think it's called. And I was like, oh yeah, look at this little shitty Pokemon. I'll fucking smash them with my uh, um, Dragonair. Oh, I've got the Dragonair. Is it Dragonair? Oh my god, my mind's gone blank. What's Dragonite? Dragonite. That's 
and like you know, I start slapping the the dig through with my my hit my attack, and then no word of a lie, he attacked me once, and half my life went down yeah. in one hit. I'm like what the fuck's going on? And it wasn't like a slow attack; it was like you know, constant. So he killed, he got rid of my dragonite in like two hits. I was like, okay, I see where this is going now. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, you've really got to play with the type advantages, and also the other thing is to um, is to like try and take advantage of the shield mechanics as well. So if you send in someone at the start who's got like a very quick charge attack, even if it doesn't do a lot of damage, it's quite good because they will always use shields when they've got them. So you can send yeah. like I always, I pretty much consistently lead with Lucario because his the the move that I've got for him. Uh, it doesn't take long to charge up, but then just like just saps their shields very quickly, um, mm. rather than going mm. in with like someone with a super powerful charge move. But then by the time you get to use it, like they're just going to block it anyway. Yeah, um, that is the one difference I think with the grunts because obviously Giovanni and the leaders all use their shields. Yep. Whereas the other ones don't. They have to be more tactical. Did you um, see uh, in in Pokemon Go as well? Um, have you had this alert about Neantic Social? I have not. I saw you put this in the notes. What is that all about? So this is a um, uh, this is a feature whereby people who are playing different Niantic games can uh, like have friends across uh, the games and see when their mates are online doing other things. So if I mm. if I load mine up now, let's have a go. So for, I mean, you know, in a dream world, I will turn this on and it will say, "Hey, Colin's playing Wizards Unite, and he's just caught a um, squaffling Hompaduke or something." Um, <laughs> very rare so very mine rare. currently says falcon branch it says how many kilometers i've walked which is eight thousand, and how long i've been playing which is since 2016 um but it doesn't say if i've got any friends online let me click on you as a friend and see if it comes up i uh, did see this actually i think you have to like change your settings and allow people to see what you're yeah, playing to um, see if you're online and stuff yeah. so mine is now mm -hmm. set that you should be able to see if i'm online and then if I click on, okay, so if I find Colin on here, and then if I click on your social tab, you've walked 3,600 kilometers, and you are level yeah. 32 on Wizards Unite and level 36 on Pokemon Go. Oh, it's quite, it's quite clever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did see this actually. I've, um, I didn't actually take the time to read into what it actually meant, but um, I know you can change your. Um, profile to see if you're online or not yeah which i guess is really helpful if you're um, you know trying to get to the best friend status you know when you're sending gifts to each other and then when to open your gifts and stuff uh when they're going to send you one so you're going to get um, you know your 100k uh, reward xp and you can put your um lucky egg on so you get double that and things like that but it's a, a good feature uh, it's good that there's crossover there in a way this might work because I get the impression that Wizards Unite isn't as popular as, um, well, I can tell it's not as popular as Pokemon Go. Um, so maybe they're hoping this will also get Pokemon Go players interested in yeah. Wizards Unite as well, maybe. So that could be another reason for it. No, it's good. It's a nice little feature. For sure. Um, sorry, I kind of I kind of slammed into your discussion there, but it's because I just well, like, oh, want to talk about this. But the last point I was going to say is um, you, you alluded to the fact that um, Jesse and James from Team Rocket are also in Pokemon Go as well now. Um, I've battled them once. Um, it, you can you notice them because on the hot air balloon, it'll be Meowth-shaped, which is cool. 
and you have to battle them both as well. Um, you don't just battle one of them. So you battle um, Jesse and you have three Pokemon, then you'll battle James and he has three Pokemon as well. Um, they weren't particularly difficult. Um, the Pokemon they use are very, if you watch the anime, you'll know the sort of Pokemon they're going to use. There's Coughing, Weezings, Ekins, um, Meow, all those sort of characters they use. So if you, if you know that going in, it's not too difficult to beat them. But it's just nice to see them. They're animated quite well. And uh, when they uh, appear, they do the whole sh- the big the speech that they do in the um, TV show. Oh, so satisfying. I was trying to remember what it was because I used to watch that all the time when I was younger, and I, I can remember the first bit where it's like, um, def- oh, no, I've already forgotten it. <laughs> but they did that big speech where every time they appeared. What was the first line of it? To is it uh, to something something devastation to unite all peoples within our nation? And they tell us it from the stars above to unite the something with something and love. Yeah, Jesse James. I'll look at Team Rocket, Team Rocket. Blast off at the speed of light. That's surrender right. now or prepare to fight. Meow, uh, that's right. Uh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Prepare for trouble and make it double. <laughs> bah, bah, to protect the world from devastation. To unite all peoples within our nation. To denounce the evils of truth and love. To extend our reach to the stars above. Jesse James, Team Rocket, blast off at the speed of light. Surrender now or prepare to fight. See, the problem I have is you listen to that spiel and it actually sounds like they're trying to do something good. They're not. They're assholes. Well, prepare for trouble and make it double. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing there because everything else sounds quite nice. You know, the truth and love, stars above. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're denouncing the evils of truth and love. <laughs> <laughs> and they're throwing roses as well. But now, is that, have you battled them yet? That's yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. I, I've, yeah, I enjoy it. Like you say, it's, it's kind of fun having like crossover mm-hmm. with more uh known pokemon elements like i think that's really cool and if that means that at some point we might get more like ash or misty or brock or anything like that i think that's really fun yeah it does open the floodgates a little bit to know you're in the same i know you're obviously in the same universe as those characters but the fact they could appear um as the you know in in the game you've got the gym leaders for the different teams that you can choose in pokemon go like mystic and uh, things like that so it'd be good to see them. In- I'm surprised that they weren't used as the gym leads for those three different, um, the, the yeah. Mystic and the other two, whatever they're called, the blue and the uh, yellow and red team, which I don't know about. I'm- I guess it's just because they were trying, like, I think the Antic were trying to do their own thing, aren't they? And like trying to make new, it's kind of cool, like that they've managed to make a whole new story of characters in the Pokemon universe that aren't in a game or on a show. Yeah, it was quite a brave move. Yeah, I think anyway, so. so yeah, it's been good. So Niantic, good place once again uh, with all these cool updates. Yeah, long may it continue. So good. Um, what else? Well, speaking of mobile news, Colin. Yes. Uh, how are you feeling about a little something called Crash on the Run? I'm well excited for this. I think this looks great, and it is the perfect property to have as an endless runner. So for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, last week we got an announcement that Crash Bandicoot, obviously we got the um, announcement of the new Crash Bandicoot full Bandicoot title coming to uh, Xbox One and PlayStation 4. It was the current gen, wasn't it? It was the next gen. Yeah, it's the end of this year. Um, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, which which continues on from the original trilogy on the PS1 and completely ignores all the other games that came out after that, which is cool. Uh, we got the announcement of another Crash Bandicoot game, a mobile game, 
surprisingly from the same company that developed Candy Crush. So it's King, I believe, is the um, developer for this. And it's going to be an endless runner. And the trailer is actually really cool, I think, and sells it really well. And this looks a lot of fun. If it's similar to something like, well, I'm thinking Temple Run, but that was like that was a proper endless runner. But the impression I get with this one is that there's actually levels, unless like you choose a different zone and then you um, mm. run. There's the ice levels. There was the uh, island levels. There's the levels where you're in like a dragon's lair from the third one. But it's basically a Crash Bandicoot. Looks really cool and really fun, and I'm all in. Uh, you can pre-register now. Uh, there's no release date yet for it, but it is coming to iOS and Android. And it's from a very, I say good developer, but it's a developer that knows what they're doing, which is good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I've never actually played Candy Crush, so I can't really comment on their money-making tactics and how they make their money. I assume it's, I know it's a free-to-play game, but I assume you can buy extras to make things easier, like hints and stuff for Candy Crush. So you'd imagine in this game there'll be already they've already said there's gonna be in-game in-app purchases, but you'd hope that the in-app purchases will just be like aesthetic and rather than because I yeah. mean they did also say that you can play against other people as well, which is interesting. Um, so it says play against friends. They haven't really specified how that's gonna work, whether it's an actual race or whether like you have to play like uh, someone else will play or play a level, and then they've got a timed best, and then you like race their ghosts or try and beat their time or something like that but i think it was fun i love crash bandicoot anyway and looking at the trailer it looks the art style for it and how it plays looks very crash very very cool what are your thoughts on it yeah i'm uh i am very keen to give it a little look um i yeah i i think like you say it's it's kind of a, it's a very good um combination isn't it kind of that runner like frantic chaos mixed with like crash bandicoot where you kind of did a lot of that in some of those ps1 games anyway uh like the ones where you run away like you literally run away from a boulder on the ps1 ones um so yeah i I yeah i think it looks quite good fun i mean it's not a genre i'd necessarily go mad for and crash isn't a character i'd necessarily go mad for either but like i think it's nice to have something um you know, of quality, and yeah, it like you say, being made by people who know what they're doing and know how to monetize things in a way that is like, you know, games are successful while still having monetization in-game options. So yeah, I'm quite keen. Yeah, yeah, it's called Crash Bandicoot on the Run. Yeah, which is a cool name. But yeah, no release date yet. You'd imagine it will probably come out a similar time to the console game coming out at the end of this year. Yeah, I'd imagine they're probably like accommodate or um, accompany each other. Well, there but was yeah, a um, perfect there was a place. There was like a was it like a Nathan Drake endless runner or something? Do you remember? Does this ring any bells? I don't remember that. No, okay. but that would make sense because you could easily use Nathan Drake character model in Temple Run or something like that. Uncharted Fortune Hunter. Where's that it? Uh, oh, that was like a puzzle. That was a puzzle game. Um, Mobile yeah. Runner. Was it like a? No, I'm making this up. But there was. Oh no, there was. Yes, it was a PlayStation All Star spinoff, wasn't it? Um, yes. Oh my God, yes. What was that called? Uh, it was called Drake's Pursuit. 
and it was part of this uh, PlayStation also Battle Royale spin-off suite of games that came to the mobile in 2013. And it was like an island. Yes, it was the Coca-Cola Zero Presents PlayStation All-Stars Island. And it was like a um, an infamous game and a uh, Gravity Rush game and a Sackboy game as well. Wow. Different times. Was it? Coke Zero Presents. Yeah. There you go. Different, oh lord, I'm going to see if imagine. that PlayStation All-Stars is still up on the iOS store. I imagine it's not. A run sack by run it is. That was, that was a 2D endless runner. Oh, um, I remember that one. I think I, I played that one. Was yeah. that on, was that mobile or was that Vita? That was mobile, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I vaguely remember that one. I think that was paywalls though. Yeah. I, maybe, I played like the first level. Maybe it? I'll download Uncharted uh, Fortune Hunter just to give it another spin. Um... But yes, anyway, uh, we should talk about some other news rather than just looking at our phones. Um, so uh, a little bit of I was watching uh, over the weekend. Um, what was it Friday? It was Friday. There was a Nintendo Treehouse Live where they went into details on the new Paper Mario game. However, people were... Uh, this was a very weird Treehouse Live because as well as just talking about a new game that was coming out... Uh, Paper Mario the Origami King, which looks quite cool um, and quite fun and unique. And they showed off some of the like battle mechanics and some more of how the gameplay is going to work and how like the actual game will feel. We also knew that way forward, we're going to be showing off a new game, um, which was a uh, based off of a third party property. Because Nintendo pretty quickly put that out as a statement because people started to get their knickers in a bunch that had been New Metroid Prime. Um, and then there was a little break after about half an hour of Paper Mario video. Um, and then after that, there was a showing of this new game. And the chat went crazy uh, as it was announced that Bakugan Champions of Vestroya was coming to uh, Nintendo Switch. And I think when I was in the chat, was it on Twitch or YouTube? I think I saw the numbers went down by about 50,000 people after it got announced. Um, which is a shame because it looks like quite an interesting game. It's like a 3D uh, kind of battle brawler. It's sort of got like, I think Bakugan is like a big thing in Japan. Um, and it's being published exclusively uh, for Nintendo Switch on 3rd of November uh, by Warner Bros. Um, and it is coming out physical as well as digital. It looks like quite an interesting game, kind of like Custom Robo Arena or Pokemon or Digimon uh, with these big kind of mecha champion things. Um, yes, November 3rd it comes out. Uh, but yeah, it was just funny because the chat was... No one, no one knew what to expect. Go hear me. Necessarily wanting, necessarily wanting, necessarily wanting, but 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 my clean feet i'm just gonna save uh yeah it, it looks like it could be quite fun hopefully um and yeah it's an interesting announcement and i guess you know we'll wait and see what else is coming from uh from the nintendo studios but uh yeah that's not too far away now november god it's only four months why weren't people happy about this game well just because the you know what like nin <sighs> Nintendo really struggle with hype when it comes to announcements because whenever Nintendo say we're, we're announcing a new game, people assume it's going to be... Uh, first of all, people assume it's going to be Metroid. 
And then when it's not Metroid, people get the knickers in a twist. Um, and then when Nintendo say it's going to be based, it's not going to, you know, it's going to be based on a third-party property, people get their start to kick off about like all the mad things it could be like i don't know dragon ball z or something like that um and like there's just a there's just a general nintendo treehouse live is traditionally a place where just one game gets focused on so the fact that they were announcing this as like a secondary thing was like oh shit this could be anything and way forward have done some cool stuff in the past um, they've got quite a good track record of interesting titles, so it was just a bit of like, uh, oh, no one. It's just that it's that thing, isn't it? Where where you, where chat gets so whipped itself up into a frenzy about what it could be, um, and about what could you know what could be coming. And when I say no one wanted this, I don't mean that at all. Because obviously people are keen, you know, people are keen and will buy this game. But in the chat beforehand, no one was saying, "I really hope it's a new Bakugan game." <laughs> No, I, I didn't see that trending on Twitter. No, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, Twitter is such a good measure of it because all that happens is it gets announced, and the first thing is people come off the stream and they go on Twitter and they say, "Oh, well, load of shit," and it's like that. It just like flavors the conversation so much. So, so just linking on, we had a, a chat last week about the Joy-Con drift and what's going on with that. And my oh yeah, so I contacted Nintendo. Um, about it and not to dwell too much on this it's basically come down to this um they have a two-year warranty with switches bought in the uk now i bought my switch longer than two years ago it's uh, i think it's about two and a half years now so i mine falls outside the warranty period and i don't have proof of purchase anymore anyway so i because there's been mixed reports and mixed posts online about whether nintendo would fix a joy-con drift issue if it was out of warranty, there's been reports that they do it for free um, because it's an known error. Similar to the Xbox and the um, the Red Ring of Death 360 all those years ago, where they literally you just had to like take your Xbox into any shop and they'd replace it straight away because Xbox knew and Microsoft knew. Anyway, so I um, back and forth with the repair, um, I guess the repair shop or warehouse. And of just Nintendo. just so people know, when when you're doing it, are you emailing them? You're on the phone? Are you on like a chat thing? Because presumably um, other people was, will have this issue. I couldn't get chat because every time I tried to do chat, it said there's no operators available and the phone lines are going be busy anyway. Um, so I dropped them an email and they actually they replied within 48 hours, which I didn't think was too bad. Uh, the back and forth, and then I emailed again and they replied like the next day. So it basically comes down to this. Uh, if it's out of war, if it's outside of warranty, they will accept the repair. They will have a look at it, and they will do an assessment for free. But if you want it fixed, you will have to pay if it's out of warranty, even if it is Joy-Con drift. So there's no way around it from the UK. So I just said no, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I don't. Want, I don't want to pay for it to be repaired when it's based. It's a bit. It, I can see it from both sides as a consumer and from a business point of view. Obviously, legally, it's outside the warranty so that they don't have to do anything. But also, the fact it is a known issue with a, a lot of Nintendo Switch consoles and the fact they won't even they won't repair it, if, even if they found it was Joy-Con Drift and the known error, is a bit shitty. Yeah, me. I would but say they, so. They won't. So I'm in two minds, really. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm, I'm, they did send me ways of 
that could resolve it you know just the standard things make sure it's the latest software and all that sort of crap so i will try those different methods and if it does still cause issues i will i don't know maybe i will because i know someone who's got a switch but doesn't use it so maybe i could use their joy cons i don't know we'll see um but yeah, our principle, I didn't really want to send the Joy-Con to be repaired and have to pay for it when it's not really my fault that yeah. it's broken. Did you make that point to them? Um, I did say, uh, even though this is a known Nintendo issue, um, but I don't know. I'm, maybe I should push it further. I, don't I, re- know. I, I reckon it's worth, I think it's worth pushing because to, to me, like, you've not... Like you've not dropped it, you've not chewed it, you've not like ran it over with a car. Like, if their products don't last, surely it's on them. Yeah, yeah, maybe I will contact them again. What have I got to lose? But yeah, that's the update on that. So they're basically saying if it's out of warranty, regardless of what the issue is, you'll have to pay. Yeah, have it repaired. Um, but they they did say they do a free assessment on it, and they would send it back, but they weren't clear as to whether they would if you didn't want the repair. They they did they weren't clear as to whether you'd have to pay for them to send it back, so I'm not too sure on that either. Yeah. But yeah, that's where we are with that, which was a bit annoying. But there you go. Joy Con trip. Joy Con so frustrating. Uh, I've got one last bit of news, if yeah. that's okay for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is that uh, this is breaking news as we record. Ah, breaking. Because a, a Lego NES has been announced and it is going to cost approximately uh, £200 and it comes with a little telly, a controller and a cart and Super Mario Bros on the screen presumably is like some form of sticker. Um, this is so, so cool. I think this looks really neat, really snazzy um, and like a really uh, fun thing. I mean, expensive, but supposedly comes out on the 1st of August. And Lego have just teased it on Twitter as well uh, at one o'clock this afternoon. So, yeah, we'll get more. I expect we'll get a proper announcement tomorrow uh, or maybe even later on today. But I love this team up. And, you know, we saw this kind of weird Nintendo Mario Lego thing announced earlier on um, a little while ago. Uh, So this is a whole this is a whole next step um, in that uh, in that world. And, you know, could mean we get all sorts of really cool shit to come. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lego is not recently I've ever been that interested in, but the kids love it. So there you go. Who am did, I? Did you not play with Lego as a child? No, I played Connects. I was more a Connect kid than Lego. Oh, Connects like... was cool because you could make like Ferris wheels and cars and cranes and stuff. Yeah, but you could do that in Lego as well with Lego Technic or Bionicles. Oh, Bionicles were oh. shit. So cool. Weren't they those robots that turned into balls? Or were like balls and then turned into robots or something like that? I think I have one, maybe. Some of them like folded down a bit. uh, And they they came in. um, Oh my gosh. The things they came in were like these big, like they were stylized as like alien landing pods. um, But they had a belt loop on them so that you could uh, attach them to your belt. And I remember going into when my mum was a teacher uh, and we had induction days, uh, me and my little brother would still have to go into school because obviously we'd have to be with her while she was working on stuff. And I remember going in one day with a belt with six bionicles on my belt loop and it was so cool. (laughs) 
I mean, I say say cool. I don't know if it was cool. The other one they made was like Lego. Was it Slizers or something like that? Which also folded down and had like pingable. Oh yeah, Lego Slizer. That was the shit. Man, let's 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 get let's let's bring let's bring this back. Let's bring out Beyblades as well. I'll take that. Yeah, Beyblades are cool. Let it rip. So good. So good. So sick. Anyway, um. I think that's all my news. I, the only other thing I had was a mobile game recommendation. Um, do you remember, Colin, the joys of HQ trivia? Oh, trivia. So, Love the game... Well, is... I, we, you won it a couple of times, didn't you? You got quite a bit, a bit of money from that, didn't you? Uh, I got a bit of money from it once, then every other time I got about five quid. Um, but I have been... Uh, this... New game has been brought into my stratosphere uh, with a crash because it's kind of the spiritual successor, successor, and it's called Trivia Royale. Now this right. is takes the kind of the style of HQ Trivia with like the color scheme and the big like multiple choice buttons, but turns it into a battle royale game. So it's free to play with adverts, and you start off with over a thousand people. And then it splits the group in half and you compete in 1v1s and then the numbers narrow down and narrow down and narrow down until there's one person left at the end. So obviously it starts with 1,000, then there's 500, then 250, then 125, then blah, 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 all the way until there's one winner. And I've been playing this game so much and I've won it once. There's no actual money for winning. It's just uh, you get like avatar items and a little thing under your um, display name and stuff. Yeah, bragging rights. But it's really cool. Like the questions are challenging. You get points for answering quicker, um, obviously. And it's just like it's a really cool novel setup. And it's like a really interesting level of challenge where their questions are oftentimes they aren't they are hard. And it, but if you get them wrong, it's like oh, I probably could have worked that out actually. Like it really plays off the idea that people playing these games want to answer fast and like follow their instincts rather than think about the question. But it's really good fun. It's called Trivia Royale um, and I would recommend it. And one of the other cool things is you can, um, your avatar which kind of looks like a Memoji on iOS, it's that sort of aesthetic. Uh, you can enable a setting where via face tracking your avatar on screen will mimic what your face does whilst playing the game. So sometimes someone will get a question wrong that you're playing against in these 1v1s and you will see their avatar go far as they open their mouth to swear. <laughs> it sounds but, great. Yeah, you should, you should download it. It's really good. I think you'd really like it. Trivia Royale. Yeah, it? Trivia Royale. Yeah, I will download that once we finish recording said podcast. Nicely done, sounds my dude. Great. Yeah, man. Wednesday, my dudes. Monday, my dudes. Um, I think yeah. that's everything from me. Yeah, same. I think it's um, it's next weekend. This coming weekend, because we're recording on the thirteenth of July. So I think this coming weekend is Pokemon Go Fest. Yeah. Am I remembering that wrong? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to get reports from that. Um, I haven't bought a ticket for it. Have you bought a ticket for it? I haven't. No. No. I'm sure we'll see on Twitter if it all goes wrong. You know, it's a bit like uh, it's always tense in the build-up to whether the servers are going to cope because we know in the <laughs> past that the servers have been a bit hit and miss. So we wait and see as to how that goes down. But we'll have all the fallout on 
Monday next week when we talk about that. So yeah, can't wait. Um, right, so uh, let's just give the dear listener some information as to how they can find previous episodes and maybe even subscribe if they are so inclined. Um, you can find us on all good available podcast catching apps such as iTunes or Stitcher or I think maybe Podbean and um, Spotify. We are on all of those. So if you search Heroes of Handheld, you will appear. If you want to get in contact with us, the two main ways to do that are either Twitter. Our hand, our um, Twitter handle is at Handheld Podcast. That's Handheld Podcast. Or you can email us, heroesofhandheld at gmail.com. That's heroesofhandheld at gmail.com. You can even go to our website, heroesofhandheld.wordpress.com, heroesofhandheld.wordpress.com. And if you go to the contact us button, you can fill out the form and whatever message you want will go straight into our inbox. And you can even find all our previous episodes on our website, um, all the way back to episode number one, which I believe was called Welcome to the World of Handheld Gaming, back in 2013. Wow. Wow. Crazy times. So, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Chris. We love you the most. I love you the most. Love you more. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with all the fallout from Pokemon Go Fest 2020 and all the rest and all the other newsy stuff that we think you'll care about. Until then, have a great week. Goodbye. Goodbye.